2: You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is One Life Left's No Continues. Hello and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM and One Life Left Snow Continues. We are a video game radio book club. That means this week we'll be talking about another three video games and discussing them informally amongst our group. Hello, Anne. Hello. I should explain. I'm Steve Curran.
4: I'm Anne Scantlebury.
2: We are joined this week by another wonderful collection of in-store guests. Are we a store?
4: Uh, Let's be a store tonight. We're we're a book club, a radio show and we do video games.
2: Yes. Uh, okay. So, please welcome to David. Hello. To Keza. Hi. To Harjeet. Hello. And to Ed. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Hi. There we go. That was nice. Anne. Yeah. What games are we going to be covering this week? Uh,
4: this week we're doing Chucky Egg, we're doing Super Mario World, and we're doing Knit Stories.
2: What did you think of the theme?
4: Uh, what the platform theme? That's not about shoes, huh?
2: Oh. Um.
4: Um, <laughs> Brilliant, I loved it, I love platform games mm. That's why I was very excited about this so week So
2: you got on with all three games this week Yeah, and we you, made friends And you have something to say about them all, Oh, I I've got words You did quite well for Insight last time Yeah, I did guess. You we did a were... summing up, didn't you? Yeah, a
4: bit exactly. nervous now
2: uh, Who shall we start with? Keza Hello Last in, first to talk <laughs> how, how did you get on with the games this week?
5: Very well, I love platformers It's one of the most essential ideas about gaming The really? idea of jumping from a place to another place without falling down do you think in,
2: in many ways it's the only thing that video games can do properly?
5: <laughs> it's one of the only things they've really mastered, I think. And Sorry. they did master it in 1992 with Super Mario World. Uh, spoiler which is warning. <laughs> That'll be the
2: second game we talk about today. Uh, the first game is going to be Chucky Egg. David, oh, were you there right at the beginning for Chucky Egg? Do you remember it?
6: Uh, uh yes, yes, I
2: played it at
6: uh, a friend's house mm. on his um BBC. BBC Micro. It was it was it was
2: engaging. Looking forward to talking about that? Moderately. Moderately, okay. <laughs> Haji, how did you get on with the today's games or this week's games?
3: Um, I think Knit Stories was a revelation for me. I'd never heard of it before and I adored it, um, but we'll talk about that later, I guess.
2: We will, and Ed?
1: Uh, I had the same problem with these games that I have with real life, and I have absolutely no hand-eye coordination, so... Uh, <laughs> My uh, views may be tempered by that.
5: So you're generally walking into walls, falling off things.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I found this week uh, some people here have actually seen me walk into a glass door. So that was
5: that. Was that in practice?
1: Yes,
2: it was. Invisible walls. We'll be back after this piece of music uh, to talk about Chucky Egg. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, this is She. Who? She. Oh. We haven't had any She for some time. Uh, and the song is called Day Two. And this is week four, I think, of, yeah. uh, of One Life Left. Snow Continues. And we're talking about Chucky Egg, aren't we? That's, that's the aim today
4: yes that's the aim for the next at least 15 minutes
2: so if you want to join in our discussion about Chucky Egg you can email in
4: team at com.
2: and join in uh, you can also tweet at us
4: at onelifeleft
2: and uh, we will read out the best of your comments on air which so far has been zero comments
4: and we had a few emails this week Mostly retrospective.
2: They have? Yeah. We can't read those out because no. they're not to do with Chucky Egg. Yet. Um, so, Anne, you're also in charge of facts, aren't oh, you? Oh, yeah, facts. So tell us a little about Chucky
4: uh, Egg. Chucky Egg came out in 1983, two years before my birth, uh, and came out on the BBC Micro and The Dragon.
2: The Dragon? Which I had a d- Dragon. Really? I've but, never. But you heard never that. got around to playing Chucky Egg. Not
6: on the dragon. No, I played. I played the King, which was a Donkey Kong clone instead. Okay.
5: When did they stop naming games consoles after animals? We also had a, a Lynx, as well. After a while.
6: Wasn't the Wii going
1: to
5: be
6: called the Dolphin at one
1: point? I think
5: D- Wii was going to be called the Dolphin.
6: Wasn't that the GameCube?
5: No, it was. No, it was yeah. Project Dolphin. Was a
4: GameCube. But you know, you could imagine the Nintendo Panther. <laughs> <laughs> um, also came out on ZX Spectrum, the ZX Spectrum, which is not named after an animal, as mm. far as I'm aware. Um, also, it was made by as Ed. Said, a child.
2: An actual
7: <laughs> child.
4: Well, a sixteen or seventeen-year-old Nigel Alderton.
2: So, Nigel. Uh, so what's the premise of Chucky Egg for those of us who don't remember it, who are too young? Uh,
4: you are a little
2: egg
6: snatcher.
4: Yes,
2: you're an egg snatcher. <laughs> so already you're playing a villain in this video game. Somebody you.
1: You're not just. Are you not just a farmer who wants some eggs?
2: I thought you were a farmer as well, but it's interesting that David's reading of the game is that you're an egg snatcher. Or a
5: hungover person desperately searching for something to make scrambled
4: eggs out of.
2: So well, you're looking for these eggs, and what are you? How are you collecting them? You're a platformer, isn't it?
4: Well, it's a platformer. So there's some platforms mm-hmm. and some ladders. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Snakes and Ladders. Yep. Minus snakes.
2: Real time Snakes and Ladders. Yep.
4: Um, and there are eggs. There, are, there's bird seed around. Uh, mm-hmm. You I want to get the eggs. You want to get grapes, the bird seed. Those
3: purple things. I was wondering why do they have grapes? They kind they're, of look like grapes. They're definitely
2: they? not grapes. They're definitely bird seed. Okay. So, uh, so Chuck Egg, how did you get on with Anne?
4: Uh I got on quite well. Okay. Um. I, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It, it it's very it's simple. Fine. It's fine. You, you can absolutely see what you're supposed to do when you first look at the screen. There is no ambiguity
2: key aspect of successful um social video games these days something that you look at straight away you know what you're doing yeah. straight in there something that video games lost for some time I yeah think. Mm, interesting david yes this your, this wasn't your first experience of chuck egg Nope. you enjoyed it yeah yeah it was better than uh, better
6: than i remember actually yeah mm. much better
2: mm. why do you think we chose it this week
6: uh i don't know because i i played it and um and also, I thought it would be a bit poor. I think of it in the same terms as say, Manic Minor or Jet Set Willy that, mm. that, that, that just made me unhappy when I, when I played them. But um, when I played Chucky Egg, it seemed, I don't know, it's, it's, it's actually quite a responsive game. Like when you play the three games, that's just been quite a big theme in platform the success. Sure. Kind of uh, uh, rises or falls all based on based on how responsive the character is, kind of how, freedom, you know, how free you are to do various things. And I know there are, I think, a couple of different versions of Chucky e. Egg. One had re- not exactly real-time physics, but the jumping was...
2: The Spectrum version was coded in a different way. Yeah, yes. I think
6: that was the one that we were playing. Hmm. It was, like, quite basic, but...
2: No, no, we were playing it? the BBC micro version, which really? had the sort of realistic, oh, okay. very okay. kinetic physics.
6: OK, because that's why it, it felt quite... Uh, it, just, it, just, it felt very responsible, whereas you played something like Manic Miner, mm. and there was, like, one programme jump and...
2: Yeah, exactly. So there was a debate we had at the end of last week's uh, show whether we should choose uh, something like Manic Miner, which I think is slightly more famous than Chucky Egg, or maybe Donkey Kong, uh, yeah. which is considered and may be the first platformer. Uh, Ever we chose this instead, and I think you've pinpointed the reason. Um, do, you, do you know what we're talking about, Keza?
5: Is it to do with the immediacy of control?
2: That is part of it, definitely. I mean, the control system is, is absolutely, um, well, I would say it's perfect for that era of platform. I, I think,
5: basically, the the thing about a good platformer is it has to be a joy moving the character in itself. Mm. That in itself has to be, and that's what you know. the Mario games have traditionally been very good at, the sense of inertia. And, you know, whether it's a 2D or a 3D platformer, the very experience of... Moving and jumping has to be fun in itself before you even put anything else in. Chucky Egg has that. I have immense respect for its purity.
2: But something like, um, uh, would you say that the movement in Donkey Kong is wrong?
5: It's not wrong, but it doesn't feel as good as it doesn't in Chucky Egg to right. me. I mean, it's, it's something to do with the it's just something to do I think it was the physics I mean we were playing a version I'd played this bedroom version before and it was an enormous offence to my ears, eyes and brain but the version we played this time was just slightly you know it was easier it fit better it felt better to play
6: it feels like quite a fluid game when you play it so you fluid. can yeah you can run along and then you can jump on the ladder and then if you hold the one button button down you can immediately run off the one platform run along before the chicken, goose yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, stork gets there and, and you, you feel like you could if you play it properly you could complete the level just very efficiently, very quickly.
2: But There'd be a flow to yeah, yeah,
6: it. I
5: don't feel hampered by the game's system, like I do in pretty much every game made before about 1990,
3: usually.
2: Right. Haji, how did you get on with uh, Chucky Egg?
3: Um, I hadn't played it before. I'm not sure how many levels there are. I got to four and just couldn't continue because I just kept dying. Okay. How many levels are there? Well,
2: there's a pattern of eight levels, which when you complete them, it loops around to level one again, but this time something's diff- something different happens. Right. What happens, Ed?
1: Um, I, I don't know because I was quite bad at it. I do know because I looked up on the internet, but I don't know through personal experience. Mm-hmm. But I am told um, by Wikipedia that a duck chases you around the screen.
2: That's right. All of the geese disappear. So they're no, they're no longer in the game. And the duck that is in the corner of the screen, that comes out and chases you around the level. Did you, did you guys uh, get that far?
4: No.
6: I didn't um. get that
5: far. What level did you
4: get and? to? I got up to four.
2: Four. I got to four.
4: Stupid four. <laughs> four. And? Yeah, I didn't get to see the goose. Did you see the goose? Yeah, of course. Okay. And then uh, once you've
2: completed all the goose levels, or all the duck levels, the ge- then you play a level with the geese and the duck at the same time. The tag team. But I think that's quite clever because it changes the dynamic. Like running away from this. Um, this this duck, rather than a series of geese that stick to uh, the platforms, running away from a duck, which, again, you're playing with the physics of it, so it's fo- following you in this sort of parabolic curve. It changes the way you move through the level completely. Steve, f- I-
4: I've got a farmyard question. Mm. Uh, duck and geese classically look fairly similar in real life. Right. Uh, geese, obviously, a bit bigger. Um in the game did you notice a marked difference between the duck and the goose the
2: duck is huge
4: really yeah and the goose well, I mean I
2: guess the goose is even it's big compared to you right yeah. the goose is probably they bigger they are giant so the mm. word is duck is even bigger you can see it in the cage when you've played the game you oh, will have oh, seen the duck it's yes. just imprisoned in the top left hand
4: so that was just a, a godlike creature looking over me. In many
2: ways, it is. Mm. It comes down, descends, and, uh, and attacks you. Uh, but but to, return to return to the differences between um, Chucky Egg and, uh, and Donkey Kong and Manic Miner, I think that the, the key difference is that with those games, there's only one route through the level. So you start at the bottom and you go and collect all the items. Essentially, there's a perfect way up to the top. But in Chucky Egg, there are multiple routes. And every time you play it, you're constantly reacting to decisions you make which change your flow through the level.
5: Interestingly, though, this is something that none of us except for you have managed to experience (laughs) Mm. because it is so incredibly hard. Is that That's true? What,
2: you, you found it very difficult?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, this this is a problem I have a lot, because I think that video games made at that time speak a completely different language from video games that are made now. They just speak a different language. And if mm. you didn't learn that language when you were a kid, then trying to learn it now is nearly impossible. You know, you can play, play games for, like, 15 years. I look at something like Chucky Egg or Malik Mimer Basically anything before about 1990, which is roughly okay. when I started playing games, and it's like, I, I, I don't understand how this works. What does it want from me? Why do I keep dying?
2: But you've, you've um, presumably played through... The first Zelda, which all of us had oh. problems with that week.
5: Yeah, I wish I'd been there. I mean, that, that that is the same thing. It speaks a really, really difficult language, Zelda. Mm. Like, it's and the only reason I know how to play it is because I played it so much at right, the time. Okay. That's it, and I, I'm fully aware that that's exactly why I know how to do it, not because it's very intuitive. So
2: that's perseverance due to the sort of uh, games arc, and it, you know, you're forced yourself to go back. and play At the that. time, you
5: didn't really have a choice, did you? Whereas now, if a game's not entertaining you within about I don't know, 30 seconds, so mm. many people will put it down. That people have learned, you know, the language that you have to speak in order to engage. Age people you see
2: i had a i had a conversation about chuck egg uh, with a friend of mine who um who was also you know a big fan of it at the time and we we're talking about how it's a forgotten classic and how it has a lot in common with the successful uh, iphone and iDevice device mm. platformers these days it's i noticed very, that. we thought it was very very accessible but it turns out none of you guys got further than level four
4: but it is fun up until that point
2: it's
1: mm.
4: just when it gets a bit too hard kind of give up mm. make it easier
1: i think there's something i found with it that is that there might be something about there's a, the lack of variety in it. So the, the, the variety introduced to levels is more about just increasing the difficulty level. Whereas with more modern games, they change the style of it. Say so in, some, in something like Super Mario World, there'll be levels with more water or more flying or something. Mm. Whereas in Chucky Egg, the, the you always doing basically exactly the same thing and the only way to vary that is by increasing the difficulty, increasing the number of enemies but- and if you can't if like me you find mm. the first level very difficult it just becomes frustrating right, because right, you're, right. you're only just getting more and more challenged and not really getting any reward for it
5: but that said, do you think if someone took Chucky Egg, remade it, put, put it in nice graphics, gave it a lovely tinkly theme tune, put it on the App Store, do we think that it would be successful today? Do you think people would buy it and play it? Up until level four. Problems?
2: I think it has a lot in common with um, Super Crate Box, that game that came out oh, recently. Yeah. It's all about the flow through the level and constantly reacting to, uh, to things that change around you. And I think the interesting thing for me is that I died a lot on level 4 and 3 all the time, but it was always my own fault. I never felt cheated by the game, and I think that's the key to a successful platformer. Absolutely. OK, we're going to have a piece of music now, uh, and then we'll be back after this piece of music to talk about Super Mario
0: World. Nice. fish
2: no continues on Resonance 104.4 FM we're a video game book club that just talked about Chucky Egg one of my favourite platformers of all time Wow! do you know what the biggest flaw with Chucky Egg is Um, apart from you lot you lot can't get off level 4 obviously that's one flaw Um, but I think one of the reasons that is is because it introduces the lifts and the lifts are the only place where the physics in Chucky Egg breaks because you can slip off the side of the lift and not do anything about it and that's really frustrating that happened a bunch Mm. but now we're going to talk about Super Mario World. Oh, I should say, of course, I always forget to sorry everyone who's contributing music to the show. Uh, this is Time to Let Go, uh, CFCF Remix. It's by Sally Shapiro, and it's brilliant. I'm going to fade it down, though, because we're going to talk about Super Mario World. and facts.
4: Facts. Uh, released in 1990 on November the 21st, um, it sold over... 20 million copies worldwide um, and was produced by Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto
2: Very good. Thanks Uh, Kezi, you said you didn't care about video games or you found it very difficult to play video games before 1990 Yes and so this is at the cusp for you. This is when this everything was, changed. This was
5: my, this was the game that made me care about video games. Wow! Because I, when I was when I was a little kid, I used to play. You know, we had we had we had games around because I had older the brothers. And I used to play. I used to you know race Donkey Kong around a track with Mario on the snares, and it'd be oh this this is fine. This exists. Similarly, play all sorts of stuff on the Spectrum. Yeah, this this exists. This is a thing. And suddenly Super Mario came along, and. Absolutely captivated me
2: Changed everything It's
5: responsible for my career and basically the trajectory of my life to this point
2: So how do you feel about it now? Positive?
5: Yes, I think that basically every platform game since Super Mario World has been trying and failing to be Super Mario World There Mm. are very, very few people that you'll talk to who love video games who don't like Mario I've Mm. met one, ever, who likes video games and doesn't like Mario and just the the level of incomprehension. I just There's so many things about this game that, that anyone can understand. It's, it's just about the joy of play.
2: If you had to pick one thing, Keza, and I'm going to ask everyone to pick one thing and it's got to be a different thing. Actually, I'm going to ask you last. Okay. Because it'll be easier. It'll be Bigger hardest. Uh, and we'll start from left. Uh, Ed, if you had to pick one thing that's so perfect about Super Mario World, assuming you liked it, of course.
5: We should check that first. What did everyone well, ask? Yeah,
1: I, I did very much like it. Um... I've got a lot of no- nostalgia for it, but the one thing I, th- I,
2: I really one like thing it the, does really well.
1: I like, uh, in contrast to Chucky Egg, where I felt frustrated by there not being really anything to kind of push me on to continue. Mm-hmm. I like the sense of progression in Super Mario World. That you're the sense of you're rewarded for exploring levels and finding secret passages and finding new bits of the map. So um, discovery, the discovery is
2: okay. So it's a very sort of adventurous sense, of yeah, way, I, rather I, than chucky egg, which was pure skill, right?
1: Yeah, that, that I felt even when something like Super Mario World even when my skill let me down, I felt like I wanted to push forward because I was, I had something to reach for. I could go to the, I knew I could move on to the next bit and find a new exciting thing and a new kind of level.
2: How how did you get on with the game?
3: Um, I got on. Oh, quite badly with it I um, I was getting frustrated it's just it's so busy and I remember watching like family play it when I was young but this was my first time playing it and mm. I think I got more enjoyment watching it than actually playing it because okay. I'd get too stressed out just going through the stages and just dying all the time um, the thing that I like most it sounds really stupid but just the icons I like it when I get a fire flower it helps me survive
2: you said something earlier about Yoshi as well That you got yeah. very stressed when you lost Yoshi
3: yeah like I was freaking out I felt like I'd have a heart attack just like when he'd run around and I'd chase around after <laughs> him without caring if I lose my you know Buy a flower just so i could get him back
2: but the opposite of that is you must feel some sort of relief when you are suddenly sat on him right
3: yeah, yeah. definitely so that's
2: satisfaction yeah, yeah. It's, co- it's so for you it's about collecting things mm-hmm. and that sort of security of definitely. knowing you are more one more step away from dying
3: i definitely need security
2: and how did you get on with it
3: oh well, i love it
4: um i do love it and i have loved it <laughs> um, any other tenses i will continue to love it okay um i think because uh I think because it's sort of like linked to childhood, also it's like quite a childish game to play. It like it's very cartoony, it's bright colors. The music uh is nice. Um I want to play it. It's it's easy to play. You know like you know you have to go right. Mm. Um and and it's you know that's basically all you have to know. Go right, don't die.
2: So it's simplicity for
4: Yeah. You. It makes like it makes me feel like a child because of nostalgia and also because like I-, I could be a kid playing it. Hmm. Nintendo games,
5: all the best Nintendo games all do that, I think. They yeah. all make you... They're about childhood, basically. They all make you feel like you're like you're six. And this seems to work, even if you didn't play them when you were six, which I think is pretty much unique in video games.
6: Sometimes they make you feel like a 34-year-old man-child.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> David, how did it make you feel?
6: Uh, yeah, it made me fly, actually. Um, the, the the one thing that I like about it, I was going to say the music, but actually, when you think about it, it's probably... probably it sounds a bit pompous like the rhythm of the game okay. like like the way um the way the game uh, sort it's like the way the game flows, you know uh you might hop up some platforms, get to the top, and then there's something about the the structure of of the screen and and uh, it might invite you to to, to to jump like before you've even had a chance, but then you jump, and as that happens, there's a platform there, and and right. the game kind of takes you along, and you're not you're kind of barely thinking and just reacting, and and so it's
2: flow and design, yeah, uh,
6: yeah, yeah, and the game's just kind of carrying you with it, and then uh, you know you you're never really that annoyed when you when you die somehow. I, I, I don't know why and it's not necessarily the game, the the, the the game you think the game has been fair. It's just that um, that doesn't really come into it. It is just the, the the joy of
5: <laughs> actually of controlling reacting, Mario, isn't controlling,
6: it? yeah, just mm-hmm. being in the in, in, in the world and kind of being rewarded by the world to an extent.
2: That makes sense, Keza.
5: Well, David's touched upon it. It's it's level design, Super Mario World. I can understand. Well, I can't understand, but I can acknowledge that people don't like it. <laughs> But you can't deny, even if you don't like it, it's very difficult to deny that it's a technically perfectly designed video game. Mm. There's a brilliant um, Satoru Iwata, the dude in charge of Nintendo, has been doing this superb series of interviews for a couple of years now where he's been interviewing all the game creators that have made stuff for the Wii and the DS about not only what they're making but what they have made. And he interviewed Miyamoto about Super Mario Brothers, the first one. And there's this brilliant anecdote. And he was saying how he designed the first five seconds of Super Mario Uh, You all know what we're we're talking about, right? World 1-1 and Super Mario Brothers. it's like everyone has seen it. Basically, Mario's here, there's a line of blocks, there's a little Goomba, and Miyamoto was explaining how, basically, if you walk right, you have to jump in order to you know, get over the Goomba or you'll die so you jump and the way that the things are placed when you jump you immediately hit a block that gets you a mushroom and you land on the Goomba and you collect a mushroom so in five seconds you've learned everything you need to know about the game you've learned that mushrooms hide in blocks you stomp on Goombas and that you can jump and that's it and Super Mario World does the same thing with Yoshi in, in in the first level you have Yoshi where you know you get there's, there's a block you basically can't help but jump onto the block you jump onto it you yeah. get Yoshi then there's fruit you can't help you see that he eats it then you're like oh I can eat fruit and you know it communicates wordlessly it just it, it it tells you everything about it without you know press A to jump without like three text six screens of explanatory text trying to explain how it works it's just completely intuitive and it, like they was saying the levels do just carry you through you know what to do without being told I think that's just Superb. All all great video games do that.
2: So they show without. They don't tell, they show. They show Although they there don't is. Tell. There's still a reasonable amount of telling in Super Mario World, isn't there? All those info points that pop up when you hit them.
5: Yeah. There's those. What do they say? I can't even remember what they say,
3: because I was playing it I and mean, I played this about the 14th um, time. When I, I learned how to fly, I, was, I didn't hit the block. I just thought, I'm just going to learn how to do it, and I was just failing big time. So <laughs> those blocks taught me how to fly. Mm. They're there if you need them, the blocks. Yeah. But they're not... I
5: think think what I'm trying to get at is that I really hate being told, after so many years playing games, how to move forward by pushing up on the stick. I hate it. Every time a game does that to me, I basically have to turn it off immediately, (laughs) out of sheer irritance. And I don't remember a a Mario game ever doing that to me. It just let me experiment and let me do what I wanted. Mm -hmm. It always lets you do what you want, you know.
2: One of the things that I particularly liked, and it's definitely my first experience of a video game letting me do this, was the non-linear th- flow through the levels. That if I did find myself getting stuck in one place, that I could try a different part of the world mm-hmm. and then go back to the other place where I was stuck. But not only that, you could hit the switch blocks, which actually changed the levels and gave you an excuse to revisit and you know reuse that perfect level architecture. And uh, so yeah, it's kind of like that mix of non-linearity with the thing that Anne was referring to, the straightforward left-to-right movement, always knowing where you've got to go. You've always got to go right. It's just how you get there.
5: Did everyone else also find that it was it was perfectly obvious what to do? Were there any point, Did anyone get stuck on it?
4: No, but then I think it does treat you like a child. Basically, this is what you've been saying. You learn by doing, which is what you do as a child. Mm. There are signposts there if you need them which I guess, like, parents, you know, your own sort of, like, social understanding, people telling you things, but you do completely learn as you go, and you don't get stuck, because it kind of is all there for you to understand. Like, there's everything there for you. It's all laid out in front of you, and I don't really think, like, that you can get stuck.
6: Why are all the eyes watching Mario as he runs around?
4: That's a brilliantly surreal thing about all the Mario
5: games. The eyes, the eyes, always with the eyes...
6: It's game of paranoia. <laughs> I
5: was
2: I was reading um an Internet Forum today, a game's Internet Forum, and someone was commenting about Kirby, the new Kirby game. I don't know if oh, you're all familiar LBPR. with it. It's it's a beautiful looking game. Um and it's uh it's done in this sort of stitch style, uh, cross stitch like and embroidery. kind of embroidery and, and stuff. And this person was saying that for them, the game um, went a little bit too far, that it made them feel like they were watching uh, CBeebies when they were playing it. It's too cute. Yeah. And I think David's comment about, you know, making you feel like a 34-year-old man-child, like, is quite interesting. Like, there is a real point there. I mean, is this a game for children?
5: Yes, I think. Mm. But, I mean, a lot of people who don't particularly connect with Nintendo games, it's because they, they're looking for something more adult.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I remember playing Super Mario Galaxy, and uh, my ex-girlfriend hated video games. I thought, well, this is an awesome game. I can't see why she, w- why she would dislike this. It's not, you know, hulking Space Marines. And then she came into the room as I was playing it, and I just thought, I feel like a massive nonce.
2: <laughs> They're, they're, it's the other end of the spectrum,
6: isn't but it? This,
5: I think it's. Mario, Mario games are kids' games in the same way as. Um, uh, well, Mario is more analogous to Harry Potter, I guess, is a kid's book. It's, it is a kid's book, but it's mm. also, you know, in, able to be enjoyed by adults. And I think that the, the, the technical perfection at the heart of their game design is something you can appreciate as an adult far better than you can as a kid.
1: There was a moment when I actually started. Thinking a bit too hard about the like the cartoon logic of it, and got quite upset by the idea that when Mario eats the mushroom, he doubles in height. Because for some reason, it really bothered me the idea that if he was a real man and he would suddenly be giant. I just found that image really upsetting. <laughs> I'm Not really sure why.
5: There's a totally superb image somewhere on the internet of uh, some some guy saying, "This is what I saw whenever I played Mario," and it's just a hideous first person perspective of like hills with eyes and kind of crawling mushrooms kind of hideous bleeding landscapes.
2: I just I, I wonder whether the uh, the visuals, whether that world needs to be um, a, a kid's world, can you, can you make a? Yeah, no, no. I thought I, I, I thought that because
6: uh, I, I, I guess they've kind of developed because because of the. I, I know that Mario Jumpman like originally developed because mm-hmm. of the simplicity of creating a figure like in uh, in eight bits. So it kind of it, it began as like a, a larger than life cartoon, and, and now it seems to have gone that way, but. I don't know uh, it wasn't uh, what's it called? what was the game that was supposed to be a bit like parkour and you ran along Mirror's Edge first person, yeah Mirror's Edge wasn't that supposed to be a kind of first person yes,
2: platform Spencer's, game there yes. is an element of that there definitely and I guess
6: kind of like Metroid Prime I've got something that's the Metroid game I've, I've, I've played is, 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 is like a, a platform in lost ways as well the way you just power up and it's all about the joy of kind of being in the, being in the world to an extent so I, think, I, I think the most well.
2: uh, the, I, I guess the most straightforward implementation of a an, an adult set mario would be braid right
5: yes i think that mario set of found you know, it was the foundation stone for basically every 2d platformer you play now mm. and the great thing about it is that nowadays people make things like knit story and, and braid and you know they're, they're based on the same kind of principles but they, they incorporate more adult themes and i think it's fascinating when you see now especially on the Uh, mobile devices and on flash how um the platform has you know evolved and it it was technically perfect in mario world but people have put different themes and they're saying different things with it now Mm. does that make sense yes
2: good okay we'll have another piece of music then it seems like a good place to draw a line and then we'll be back after this to talk about knit stories remix of Janet Jackson's Someone to Call My Lover. Uh, (laughs) This is One Life Left. This is No Continues, our video game book club. So far we've talked about
4: Uh, Chuck Yegg
2: and Soup.
4: Mario World. Uh, it's going okay uh, so far. We've just
2: got one more to do, and then we'll try and tie them all together.
4: Well, hold up, Steve. We've had a bit of correspondence. Um, Charlie Miller on Twitter says that she totally agrees with Keza. Um, Super Mario World has never been bettered, even by Nintendo. The character and simplicity was lost when Mario Mario went 3D. I completely agree with that.
2: And there's uh, one other tweet, isn't uh, there?
4: <laughs> Switch Break says, Finally getting around to catching uh, One Life Left's Game Club show Oh thanks live. Switch Break,
2: good to have you here.
4: Good to have you here, they are talking about weird British games I have never heard of. Well, go on the <laughs> website. Super
2: Mario World's very parochial. Oh yes. he yeah. drinks a lot of tea. <laughs> uh, so, next game up, Knit Stories. Oh yeah. Who wants to begin? Who wants? To, uh,
4: do you want to start with some facts about Knit Stories? Well if you hold on one second. Um, it's probably not on Wikipedia. It is on Wikipedia. Oh sweet. Discovered. Um, so uh they are based on some Swedish Finnish uh books by children's author Tove Jansen. Um and uh Knit Stories features a character called Juni, um who shows up in all of the knit myths and stories. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much the summation of the wiki page.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh so who Eeny meeny money mo Ed
4: um I've... tell tell
2: me tell me what you do in this story so you basically have to explore
1: this kind of world and it's um different from say something like super mario world and you're not really going um left to right you're kind of basically wandering about trying to find uh, you I, I the way i played anyway was to wander about until i got stuck and then you have to go and find a power-up to help you get past where you got stuck so if you needed to, if the wall was too high you had to go and look for something that made you jump higher or okay. if there was a monster you needed to defeat somehow you could go and get the thing you needed to trick the monster
2: or sure so would you say the pace was different to? to different yeah, way I way found way. it
1: much slower because it's much more kind of about trying to work out what you do need to go and find next, or mm-hmm. whether a bit of the game is meant to be impassable, or whether there is might be something else in the level, um, which I, I did find actually started to become slightly frustrating that I it didn't really lead me through. So at some points I didn't really know whether oh is this bit meant be just a wall here that I'm not meant to go over or is there something else that will help me and it didn't necessarily feel all that clear sometimes what I was meant to do next.
2: Sure, so it's a platform game that's about exploration. Yes. Um, Harjit, how did you get on with it?
3: I loved loved, loved it. Like, I played Super Mario and it was just leaving me frustrated. Like, I know I had to sort of go through a certain route and I was just it was so busy. There was hardly anything happening here. Like, you just go through, like, screens. It's completely understated, just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you just run. And um, I kind of found similarities to passage in a sense that you kind of go through all these different sort of sections. Like, there's one which is kind of like a desert, and then you've kind of got, like, a, a snowscape. Um, so, yeah, you're just sort of wandering around in this lost wasteland... Although it's not as bleak, because if you actually do complete it, everything changes. There's cherry blossom, so it's like a happier version of Passage. Mm.
2: So so for you, it wasn't so much about the arcade skills, the, the gaming and the jumping over creatures? No, I as... just,
3: I loved the exploration of it. I just, yeah... Okay, I, I love the design. I just love the way it looked.
2: Okay. was it, What was the motivation for you to, to keep exploring? Was it to see new landscapes or just to see what the next screen was? Or? Yeah,
3: because, I mean, at the start, I'm not sure. There's, like, a tutorial which tells you, like, what power-ups you're meant to get. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to get like, all of them to be able to complete it. And so... Yeah, like, Ed was getting stuck on, like, certain things, and I was getting stuck, but I just knew I had to find a power-up, so just the drive to, like, find something to... OK, OK. I, I knew there were new levels there, just trying to find them.
2: Um, David, how did you get on with Lit Stories?
6: Yeah, yeah, like, actually, I, I loved it. I really loved it, and uh, it was for some of the reasons. I, I loved the atmosphere, and it was just an evocation of a, just a, a huge... Lonely world, hmm. uh, and and that's there's, how they're thinking. It the, 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 the thrill of the game. I don't, I don't know if it's really a thrill, but you get enjoyment from the game from just just um, yeah, just just running through, just running through screens. There's there's nothing there. You're jumping. You're you're just hmm. kind of reacting. I think it's why the the, the 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 character the character interacts with the environment. It's kind of quite solid, quite kind of. I won't say tactile, but um, you know you can you just hear like a, a tap tap tap. Uh, And then some sparse musical come in. Uh, I don't know, I haven't got much to say about it. It was fantastic, I thought. feel. Kazo.
5: I thought it was fairly skittish. Skittish. The the actual controls. um, I thought it was aesthetically, it was captivating. Really, Mm. really captivating. Um, Particularly the way that if you complete it, everything changes. And that's a wonderful device in a game. There are many, many other games that have done that. Okami is another one that springs to mind, which is... A Playstation not Playstation Two originally adventure in which you're a wolf god and you have to bring colour back to Japan. And it's right. very, very physical and very much about the reward of you kinda of walk through a dark, you know, dusty landscape and you defeat something and it all blooms and And of
2: course Super Mario World does the same thing. You complete that and everything changes in the world as well.
5: That's true. Although that's more immediate, yeah. That's not really a game device so much as an hidden hmm. extra. Hidden it Mario is, world. it is a hidden
2: extra. Yeah. It's
6: yeah. there. I definitely prefer it to Super Mario World. I don't know why. I think, yeah, it's because, like, how do you say it? It's Super Mario, Mario World just seems so busy. Hmm. Uh, the thing Super Mario
3: with a lot of games, um, I get frustrated when I die, as everyone else does, but with this, there are save points like all over the place, like pretty much on on every screen and so if you die, you just sort of magically appear and you don 't have to like go through like this massive mission to get to the point where you died. you just sort of start
2: I, sup- I suppose that's that's maybe a, a point about um that we were making about the difference between Chucky e. Egg and Super Mario World is that gamers' tastes have changed. Mm, and, and perhaps this is the next stage from that.
5: They've become more experiential. You know, the idea is to get through mm. the experience rather than to overcome the challenge. Sure. Whereas before it was very much like the only thing, really, was overcome the challenge. Whereas I think in, uh, in Knit Stories, the, the design is very much trying to get you to experience the game without annoying you too much.
2: Right. There is no way you will not beat Knit Stories mm. if you just put in enough time. And did you complete Knit Stories? No. Okay, uh, why, why why didn't you
4: complete it? Um, it was nice. Mm. I got a bit bored. Okay, sorry, not but much was, going on, is there? That's no, okay. there's not a lot going on. Um, like I, the thing that I really enjoyed, um, with platformers, if you fall down a hole, you're dead. Mm. Um, and I swear quite a lot when I play platformers because I do fall down holes a lot. <laughs> In this one, I fell down a hole and I kept falling down holes and swearing and then going, oh, I was okay.
3: <laughs> because it actually would lead that to was underground
4: bit, right? Yeah, and then I would get something like get a little power up thing there. And it was totally fun and I really enjoyed that bit about it. But um yeah, I kind of was like, yeah, I can climb up walls now. That's great. Mm. And I'm sure I'll find something else and it'll help me do something else. I just wasn't it was nice, but I felt a bit too much like I was wandering around. I felt there wasn't really much direction. I'm, like I don't know, I didn't really want to explore that much. I didn't feel the need to, so I just stopped. So,
2: so whereas the aesthetic captured uh, David and Haji, it didn't necessarily do it for you. Yeah,
4: so it was quite
5: sparse as well.
4: Yeah, and I guess I am definitely geared more towards, like, the E-number style of Super Mario world, whereas this is a bit more like organic food.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone find the method of death disturbing at all? Method of death: the, the way the, the cats just went up in smoke, evaporation, <laughs> evaporated. Yeah,
5: it's not as There's... bad as Limbo. What happens there? It, Limbo is a is a two D plat- fantastic two D puzzle platformer about a little boy, and it's all in black and white. And the little boy is just a silhouette with eyes. And when he he gets decapitated, he gets stabbed through. He falls over things, and you just his little eyes just go out. It's awful. It's, extinguished. it's really really just dis- dip- distressing as a game. I find wonderful oh. but distressing.
1: something I found I sort of initially quite liked about it is that with something like Super Mario World, I felt that I was sort of being being beaten with a stick constantly for being bad at it, so that if you were good at it, you would keep your power-ups constantly and you'd be able to kind of do things more easily, but if you fall just under that level it becomes a constant struggle because every time you get the nice power up you immediately lose it again mm. whereas with knit stories there's no, you don't ever lose any of your power ups so if you die you come back like right next door you are but then maybe the reason that I also didn't get to the end of it and maybe you do need actually like a little bit of a stick to keep pushing you <laughs> on to kind of yeah. actually make you feel like oh I'm, I'm, get, I'm making progress I'm getting better at this. I
2: guess there's a very very big difference between the type of power up you get in, uh, in Super Mario World and the type of power-up you get in Knit Stories in that sense, the ones in Knit Stories aren't actually power-ups they're, they're essentially keys that yeah. just let you access different parts of the level by using them they're very well disguised keys and they're playful keys that are nice to play with but still, it's kind of like having a red key and then going over to a red door because now you can do that jump that's slightly bigger or use the umbrella to ghost across, this, um, across the pit of spikes
5: It's a bit like if you put Mario and Zelda in a blender for a while <laughs> and then repackaged it, like gameplay-wise I don't mean aesthetic-wise, sure. because you do have this it does make you think differently about platformers as Anne was saying, you know, you usually you fall down a hole, you die, but in this you, hold, you fall down a hole, you find something and it, I like the way that it turned platform design on its head a little bit that way.
1: You, you also get creatures that don't hurt you which was that took me a while to figure out well i was kept expecting to be killed there's like a little rodent ran into me yeah. and it's no oh, no they're fine they're just my friends they're just right hanging about it's only the weird mechanical I think monsters that want to get me
2: did anyone uh, play the play any of the extended missions the things you can download
3: i've downloaded them for later
2: mm. I why i downloaded them but it was taking like four hours
3: i it's on my to-do list. It's
2: on my to-do list. Because, again, I, I, I did click on the button and it sent me to a website, and I thought, I can't... I, it takes very little to put me off playing a video game these, day, these days. You know, sometimes I will be given video games at work to play for my job and just the act of taking them out of the shrink wrap and putting them <laughs> in the machine is enough and that's why most of the games I play on PSN because I don't have to move from my sofa I can just sit there and hit a few buttons oh we've gotten
5: so lazy haven't we
2: it's terrible but, um, but even so that small barrier of just, of just having to install these levels and just a single click and- I, would, I would have definitely loved to play more um, we're going, we're going
5: towards Wally, really, aren't we, when we can't even be bothered to yeah, stand up exactly, and unwrap that, the game? That, <laughs> that is
2: what will happen. But I did play um, the knit that's been released to Time with Button.
5: I
3: played a little bit of that. Did you? Yeah. Do you want to
2: explain what the difference is?
3: Um, I don't know, because I got a little bit confused. Like, I was playing, I went along, and it said don't press S. But I pressed S, which is jump, <laughs> and then I died. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I like that.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's um, been released a time with a, um, a video game that's coming out which is uh, essentially gives issues commands on screen and then four players have to compete to do those commands. So it may be uh, press button one's controller and everyone sort of dives towards it. There are no rules and everyone has to do that and, and that sort of thing. So this is a tie I thought it was a very, very clever piece of cross-marketing.
4: Hmm. Um, there's another knit uh, game coming out in 2012 or later. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, that was useful. Yeah, but like uh, it's, it combines the features of knit and within a deep forest, which I've not played. Um, but like, where would it go from here? Like, would, you, would there just be more holes? <laughs> <laughs> to
5: that's to kind down? of the question that platformers have been asking for about 15 years now i think where can they go that's actually kind of worth thinking about with these two we've seen three stages in the evolution of the platformer like what happens now
2: maybe we'll answer that after one more piece of music uh, we'll be back after this by pixel 8 <laughs> No continues on resonance one hundred four point four FM. The art of listening.
4: Well done, resonance on getting some uh, arts council funding. Yes, congratulations
2: to them. Much deserved. Uh, we are a video game radio book club, and today we have talked about Chuckie Egg, classic single screen platformer for the BBC Micro. We've talked about
4: Super Mario World,
2: a classic, a
4: classic.
2: scrolling platformer for the oh, Super yeah. Nintendo. With and- Marilyn.
4: And uh, Knit Stories.
2: A classic indie platformer for the PC and for the Nintendo DS, uh, which focuses on exploration. Keza. Yes. Uh, you, were, you were very keen on, on finding a thread between the simulation games uh, mm-hmm. that we talked about last week. Have you discovered a thread between these, uh, other than platforming? Thematically. Thematically.
5: Yes. But what's interesting to me the most is that something we touched on earlier is that you can see the evolution of the platform game through these things from something that was purely about challenge, physical challenge. Like, mm. look, here's a platform, get to it, get to the end of the screen and chucky edge. Chucky edge? Chucky egg. And then um, from then, you moved on to Mario, which was more of a kind of aesthetic experience as well and it was still mostly about the challenge and then nowadays you've got things like knit stories and i think braid as well mm. and which are mostly about the the experiential quality rather than the you know overcoming a challenge and i think that's very interesting especially
2: amongst i mean in this group we've got lots of different type of gamers and we all found that different games a different challenge in mm. different ways um, and I thought that's, that's very, very interesting, hearing that I'm the only one who can functionally play Chucky e. Egg. Yeah, that was fascinating. <laughs> but that everyone else can see the sort of good in it, even though they don't necessarily understand it. Mm. And seeing that after that, there are, there are people who do, don't find, you know, even Super Mario World, a game that I think is one of the greatest video games of all time, as compelling as Knit Stories, which I also love, is, I, I, I think that's fascinating. Mm. David, what have you learnt today?
6: Perhaps the egg is the symbol of the self. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, toy- but the very egg attempts, existential. Uh, perhaps, perhaps the, the, the egg tries to to to, to, to 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 contain itself, but it's it's overflowing. Mm. It, it, it moves forwards. It's uh, it's uh, it's a dialectic movement.
2: And that's uh, why the farmer or the egg snatcher is trying to.
6: Yeah, perhaps that's why he's uh yeah he's he's trying to find himself, and it, it moves on endlessly. Mario, when- the egg is no longer a symbol of itself. It's no. an adjunct of itself. The dinosaur.
2: <laughs> ah. well.
6: And then, knit story, there are no more eggs. It's a cold, lonely universe. This is where we are in the 21st century.
2: Right. It's to restore the self, because once the world is full of light again, then it can grow again, and then there will be eggs.
6: Possibly. I, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a vision of the atomized individual.
2: Did you complete knit stories? <laughs> there are eggs everywhere. Once once you've completed it, it's just a world of eggs.
5: Continuous eggs. eggs. It's
2: basically an Easter video game. Uh, Harji, you enjoyed all of the games, didn't you, to a certain extent?
3: Um, They left me frustrated, well, apart from knit stories. Um, But, yeah, I liked them. They were good. More fun games, please.
2: More fun games. Ed, how did you get on?
1: Um, Something I've been thinking about this weekend... Um, during this discussion, and Keza touched on a bit is about the the importance of the aesthetic quality of these games and the aesthetics as a reward mechanic. That for me, it very much felt like the re- reason I did it with, with Chucky Egg is that it wasn't very aesthetically pleasing. There was no aesthetic reward for moving on. Hmm. Super Mario, I was kind of pushed off because you did part of it was you get to see new environments, you get to see kind of new exciting colours, and then Knit Stories the it's again it's a much more um, kind of richer rich environment, and the the music as well that I call different things happening making a noise but it does occur to me that if you go too far down that uh, uh, the idea of aesthetic as reward mechanic does it actually stop being a game because you could say is aesthetics a reward mechanic in a film for staying to watch <laughs> the film
2: You've got like just to to the next stop. Yeah.
1: Is, that, is that the end result of this? I guess in a way it is, it's about like,
2: resolution, and sometimes yeah. that resolution is to do with the narrative, and other times it's just to do with seeing what's next.
5: I think we often get caught up on trying to define what is a game now, and... I definitely a, a, don't. Yeah, well, the I, mean, argument comes I I, up, I don't <laughs> either, I think it's extremely boring. It's, mm. it's about as interesting as our games are, in my opinion, yeah. which is just such a ludicrously self-evident question. But um, it's, it gets me annoyed when people say passage isn't a game, for instance. It's like, you know, what is your definition your of Your mum's not a game. Yeah. <laughs> neither is your face.
2: Yeah. And. Did you, did you notice any, any connections between the three games that we've played today?
4: Yes, you have to keep on keeping on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really what I got from them. It's a good life lesson. Yeah. They're
2: like, not really about... I mean, anyone who's listened to traditional One Life Left episodes yeah. will know that you're a big fan of going around.
4: Well, you say that, but I think... Basi- more going
2: along, aren't they? Yeah, them?
4: and I, I think I prefer that, because going around, I frequently get lost. I like knowing that I just have to keep walking in one direction maybe kill a few things, maybe hit a few things maybe run sometimes, but just keep going mm. jump over the holes yeah. unless you fall down them and there's something down there but just generally keep going on in one direction and you'll get to the end and it'll all be fine and that's how I live my life and how I play video games
2: For me, all three games were about flow I think David picked up on this right at the start But The flow in Chucky Egg is a single-screen platformer. It's about completing the level as quickly as possible. And the better you get at that game, the more you end up challenging yourself, taking risks, and that ultimately is what kills you, and I think that's brilliant. In Mario, I think, when Keza talked about it, certainly the original super mario brothers there's all kinds of videos of people on the internet just playing it with their backs to the tv and just understanding that complete flow it is almost like a rhythm action game when you Mm -hmm. get good at it right and that's continued on to super mario world which i think is the definitive td platform and the design in it you know absolutely brilliant and i think what's really really interesting about knit stories is it's not necessarily a game i would normally have said had flow but like, several of you started talking about how you just run through it, you rush through it, you know, you're speeding here and going here and going there. I think it does have a flow, but that flow is driven by exploration.
1: I, I find it a bit more manic than that. I was just running around desperately trying to find the next thing. It, it wasn't flow, more it's just sort of panic. Right, I <laughs> so I didn't know what to do next.
2: But I think, I think yeah, were you, were you as hypnotised by it as Harjeet was? Um, I mean... Um, I'm a, but but it, I didn't
1: feel compelled to finish it at a certain point I just got too frustrated not being able to, I was like well I've been down all the holes now,
2: (laughs) how many more holes are there? Of course it was very, uh, the other thing I think that's interesting is even though we've said this is kind of about three stages of platforming, uh, getting uh, with different audiences. Actually, a lot of the stuff in Knit Stories harks back to a different age of platforming when people used to make beautiful maps of these games to work out where they'd been, you know? Because um, uh, Knit Stories does not scroll smoothly like Super Mario World. It's single screens like Chucky Act.
5: Yeah, people used to make maps of even text adventures, and particularly platformers. But in, in terms of flow, again, it's for me, it's about control. It's about It's about the joy of actually being in the world of being in control of the character and I think all of them have that
2: that's true, I mean I don't think you could fault any of the control systems could you Mm -hmm. No,
5: No, the worst thing is a platformer that constantly makes you die for reasons that are not your fault Mm. I'm looking at you Rayman, Rayman 2 didn't like you very much well I did,
1: as I said uh, I did have the problem with Super Mario World that I felt like I was punished a bit too much for being bad at it but maybe that's just I shouldn't be bad at it
2: that's the lesson (laughs) I've learned. OK, uh, we have to decide on the games that we're going to do next week. We've had a chat about this, and I think we have a theme. And I think the theme is going to be physics. Physics! Now, I don't want this to be too much like homework. I get that physics is about as an exciting word as simulation and Platform obviously had the distressing news that that wasn't to do with shoes.
4: Yeah, rubbish. I got
1: kicked out of physics, so I'm not sure how I feel about this.
2: Well, you'll stay in for next week
1: okay. with the don't three worry. games
2: we've got for you. Um, I get my
1: degree that I would have got for <laughs> just doing this now. Is that how it works?
2: Uh, if you behave spectacularly, we will confer something on you Excellent. by the end of the hour. <laughs> So three games that we've chosen for physics. Uh, and obviously, as ever, we encourage you to read around the subject. Um, so don't just take these as, you know, the only three games you should play. Much like Haji, uh, the way she played Knit, Stories, the button version. Um, but here's, here's the three games. The first game is Thrust, uh, a game which I played on the BBC Micro, much like Chuck Yeag. Uh There are easily found versions around the internet. The second game is Peggle available on uh, many platforms already, uh, PopCap. New classic, I think. And the third game is GURP or Quop. Uh Both games available on Foddy.net. GURP <laughs> is very recent. I think it came out uh, came out last week.
4: We did have some correspondence saying that perhaps uh, all the games we were playing were quite old, so hopefully this will... Yes,
2: that's, uh, that's very, very recent. Um, one of the reasons we try to stick to Uh, older games or or classic games is that they're more widely available to listeners and indeed us because we don't all have games consoles do we
5: well I have several you can borrow one anyone want to borrow one? Uh, I don't we'll wait, have several copies of Demon's Souls, though. We'll
2: wait until we do the uh, No Continues Gears of War special edition, <laughs> playing all three games back-to-back. Thank you all uh, for coming today. Thank you so much for all of your comments. Uh, we will be back next week talking about physics games. Yes. And thank you all for listening. Please join in. And if you've got anything you want to say to us, you can tweet us at...
4: At One Left.
2: Or you can email us...
4: Team at One i Left.com.
2: We will see you next week.
4: Bye. See you, bye! Bye! bye.